Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This sermon is taken from the 2017 Annual Missions Conference. This is the evening service of Sunday the 4th of June 2017, entitled The Treasure of God's Provision, and the Bible reading is taken from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1 to 3. Here's missionary Tom Hastings. Thank you for the great honor and privilege of being here. To be with you all, get to know you, preach to you. You know, uh, we have different physical problems, <clears throat> and uh, because of my operations through the year, I mean, about five years ago, I had a lot of big ones and had some things. Lost the kidney. <clears throat> Lost a lot of my enlarged intestine. Because of that, I have sometimes some some difficulties in uh, not not getting too far from the bathroom. And this morning at the end of the service, at the end of the sermon, you notice after when they came to the invitation, I left, had to go to the bathroom. Uh, but my wife's looking at me funny, what are you talking about that for? <laughs> but anyway, and the reason I'm talking about that is one time I was in, in Romania. <clears throat> I was preaching for Brother Morgan in mission work. Excuse <coughs> me. And it's just a, a mission church. And they're using a rented building. And one idea about the, the mission, uh, about this building, it had no bathroom. The only bathroom was, you know, almost a block away at a filling station. And I was preaching a revival that week, evangelization and Sunday morning. And the amazing thing was, all that week at the service, not one time to have to use the restroom. It's just amazing. You know, we have a God who's able to control everything. And it's a blessing. It's a blessing to know that, you know, because I know I remember, I understand now why my mother, when she got to be uh, over 80, she wouldn't travel to Germany, to Europe to see us anymore. And I think it was some of those problems that you get when you, with age, you know. But anyway, <clears throat> and tonight we're going to look at 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings 17, we're going to talk about the treasure, the mission treasure of God's provision. Treasure of God's provision. Because we need provision. We step out by faith. God needs to provide our needs as we go along. I mean, that's just a, a given part of it. And let's stand and read this tonight. Uh, 1 Kings 17. That's in the Old Testament, by the way. Anyway. 1 Kings 17, we're going to begin with verse 1 with Elijah. And Elijah is God's prophet. And he's there and he's dealing with Ahab. There are several Ahabs in the Old Testament, King Ahabs, both of Israel and of the northern of the uh, of Judah. Judah's a southern tribe. It's the one that was stayed with the temple, stayed with uh, the priesthood. And the northern tribes, I mean, it's a very wicked kingdom. It's where uh, Jeroboam, yeah, Jeroboam uh, the king, the first king, set up two golden calves. Because he said, it's too far to go down to Jerusalem to, to go to the temple. We'll put this up here. And one was up in the north. And one was down at the south. And it says, these are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. We're going to worship them. 
And the, the priests, actually the Levites, left. They were, uh, anyway, they left. And so it's a very, it's a wicked kingdom. And they're dealing here with uh, Ahab. And it says that Ahab was the worst king that Israel had had. None before him were as wicked as he was. And he was married to that old Jezebel, okay? A very wicked woman, uh, worship, worship of Baal, worship of all the different, they serve Baal. So he, anyway, they were very wicked in their ways. And if they'd got a, they got a, a godly king that spoke against them, a king back then, uh, they're not like the king of England, the queen of England. Queen of England cannot kill anybody doesn't have any right to do that. Man, they had the right to kill. They said, we want you killed. They had the physical, they had the uh, legal power to get you executed. And so this is the dealing of Elijah dealing with this wicked king. And so uh, verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is, before Jordan. Let's read that. We'll look to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for the faith and obedience of Elijah. That was a very dangerous position. That was a very, uh, took a lot of faith. And, and God, I thank you that Elijah was faithful as your prophet, giving the word even a very hard message to that king. And Lord, to be your instruments. And God, I thank you for your care for him. And Lord, as we are your servants here, and we follow into, Lord, you work miracles today. As you work back there, you're still the miracle-working God. And Lord, many times I believe that we fail to see your miracles because we're willing to be obedient and full of faith as Elijah was. God, strengthen our faith. Help us to step out and Lord, to trust your provision. And God, we thank you're such a great providing God. We give you the glory tonight. You know the hearts of our lives. You know what we need tonight. Increase our faith. Anyone here who is not truly born again, May they come tonight and trust you as Savior. Lord, you know the needs. We pray that you might meet them in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, it took a lot of faith to go and say, well, you know, God had given him the message that not going to be rain, not going to be any dew. But according to my word, uh, praise God, he was willing to do it. But he came and he said that to Ahab. And he knew from Ahab's nature that Ahab was going to want to kill him. I mean, that's just Ahab's character. He knew that without a doubt. And so the moment he came, he said that. Uh, he, well, he said here also, he, there's interesting words here. Let's read again verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, 
as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand. Now he was standing in the presence, physical presence of Ahab. Okay? But in his mind, he was standing more in the presence of God than the presence of Ahab. This is what can give us boldness and strength because there's different people we see. I'm standing here today. I'll tell you what, God's presence is here more real than my presence. I am here, but I may, I may drop over and die. You never know. But God is here, and God is real. And I believe that we oftentimes do not count and respect the presence of God in our life like it should be. Uh, God is there. God is in your life. God is here. And God pays attention. And so he came and he gave that message, hard message. In verse 2, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. God knew that Abraham was going to want to kill him. And God took leadership and guidance to set him, take him to a place where he could hide. Now, <clears throat> uh, take him by the brook Cherith. Now, the message he gave is not going to rain. There's not going to be any, even any dew. And so where is he sending him? He's sending him to hide himself out in the wilderness. He says, get the hands eastward, hide by the brook Cherith, it's a brook, it's not even a river. Now, if it doesn't rain and it doesn't get dew, what's going to happen to a, a brook? It's going to dry up. Elijah could have thought, and we might, well, man, what, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to stay there by that brook. Why, that's going to dry up. There's not going to be any rain. Could have said. But you know what he did? It says, uh, it says, it goes on further, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee. Now, how many of us here have ever been fed by wild birds? I've fed on wild birds some, but that's something else. But here, I like, okay, the crows, the ravens, they're going to come and they're going to bring food to me to eat. You say, sure, sure. Now, the thing is, God said it. And Elijah says, if God says it, it'll happen. That's faith. That's kind of faith. That's what we talked about this morning, that faith, the blessing of uh, a treasure of faith that God gives us. And, and basically, uh, I think that we have like this much faith, and God is worthy of all faith, okay? We have this much faith in God's Word, and we function on it most of the time, but how much faith should we have in God's Word? No limit. Is there a limit? I mean, what? This whole word, world one of these days is going to be blown away, you know, destroyed by fire, and, re and, and we are concerned. We'll base upon that some things, but upon God's Word, it's eternal, poipo. And we can just base on that, do it. So comes here, I've commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Next word, so he went and did according to the, unto the word of the Lord 
For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. Well, what happens then? And the ravens brought him uh, bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Now, I, I've heard several times, and I think it's probably a good... You know, it, was, it was a time of dearth. It was a time of famine, because when you don't have rain, when it, things just they get up, and even animals were dying like that. There wasn't a lot of flesh around, and it's a good possibility that he took the beef steak from Ahab's table and took it to Elijah out there in the wilderness. I don't know where he got it, but he got bread and he got flesh, and he took it out there to Elijah. God knew exactly where Elijah was. And you know, uh, animals obey God. It'd be nice if we'd say humans always obey God. He deserves it. He, we're the only ones of God's creation that we say, nope, well, the angels did too. But outside of the angels, and they had really no excuse, they'd seen God physically, but a third of the angels fell and followed Satan. Those are demons. But here, the, the birds, they followed, they obeyed God. God help us to be a faithful raven. And by the way, the ravens were an unclean bird. According to God's, is an unclean bird. But God can use unclean things to provide our needs. Praise God for that. You know, God can use whatever he wants to. And so he, the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Now out there, sort of hiding like that, he wasn't doing a whole lot of exercise. He didn't need three meals a day or five. That was enough. Bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening. And he ate that. He just was faithful. He, he obeyed there. Now, if he'd been disobedient, gone off, he kind of might have been found because King Ahab was uh, put out the word. He, he was a wanted person. Anybody knows where he is, he'll, you'll be rewarded. Just tell us where Elijah is. And so he was just obedient, stayed there. And sure enough, look at that, verse 7. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. You say, well, see there, I figured that. God put me out here, I'm supposed to drink of this. Boy, that bird was really good. Brought me that bread, brought me that flesh regularly, but see that, I, I just knew that, that that's going to dry up. The rain stopped. But you know, when things change, God it doesn't catch God by surprise. God knew it was going to dry up. God doesn't just leave him there. And so in verse 8, God gives you a further lesson. You, know, you go into a situation, you say, well, uh, you know, whenever God leads you someplace, God's going to take care of you. You follow God. You, you, you come. I remember one time uh, there was a, a couple that was, we were first starting there in, in uh, the Koblenz area, not the, a little later on, about 80s. And uh, it was a couple that came, and the, the wife, she got saved. Pretty obvious she was saved. She had a Catholic background like most people there. Her husband, he, he came with her to church. I mean, he came to church. He came to church Sunday morning. 
He come, he go with us on Sunday afternoon, go out to preach in a mission up at Bopart, up the Rhine River. He went with us many times up there. He came even on Wednesday nights. Man, I wish all my saved people, you know, be faithful. He was at that time. He came and, and followed. Like, and one time we were going down to, uh, to have a baptism in another place, not where you saw in the picture. That was way back then. And so I was driving, and they were following us to the, to the, to the baptism. Danny probably remember this at all. But we went from Milheim Kirlisch, where we were, through Bumenheim and down that way. And he knew what the address, basically what town it was, where it was going to be. And he didn't think that was the right way to go. And so he turned around and went back. He didn't follow him. Well, I got to the place where the baptism was, but they weren't with us. And you know what? She was saved. I have no questions about her being saved. But she never left the state church. She, she complained. She had a problem with, with smoking. And she wanted to give up the smoking. But, you know, she, if we don't take the steps that God puts us in our word, don't expect all the victories that God wants us to have. She, she needed to be faithful to her church. She needed to follow what is right. And, and it was interesting because when, I first, when we first met her, first time we sat down, the first thing she told us is, I want you to baptize me. And we're going, whoa. Uh, she wasn't even saved. And she knew that we were Baptists, which means we baptize. And he says, we've got, let's go slow. We got to find out where you are spiritually. You got to know what's involved in that. And, and we won't baptize them until they get out of the state church because in their mind, they're still there even if they're baptized here and members here. And so you got to have separation. And after we got through, just shortly after that, she got saved. She accepted the Lord as her Savior, but she never took the step to lead the Catholic Church. And she wanted this and that and the other thing, but she's not even wanting to take the first steps, the first steps of being obedient. But anyway, so she didn't ever get, and he never got saved. And, and anyway, people come up with all kinds of reasons. And sometimes people have a question. They have something they want, something they need. And they say, well, if God's really there and he's interested, why didn't he do this? And we come up and do that. And he was one of those that had those kind of things. He, he had a uh, one time it was that uh, her mother, who was at that time 84 years of age, says, why, uh, she, she can't hardly read. Why didn't... Why didn't God save her? We had a lady saved. I think held back. She was, what, 90, 92 years of age. I mean, also a Catholic background. She was uh, involved in occult, something like that. But she came to the services, got the leader to Christ. Her, her daughter and son-in-law, they were, they were young. They were 65 years of age. And they both got saved too. And he says, boy, you saved these other people. Why don't you save uh, my wife's mother, my mother-in-law? And you know what? Her mother, his mother-in-law got saved. And then at 50 years of age, or over 50, he lost his job. Down, salesman at a good clothing store. And he said, you know, if God really cared for me, he'd have me get another, get a good job. And my, well, 50 years of age to get a good job in a good store, it's not that easy. People like young people. But you know what? God gave him a job at a good store. And you know what? All these things God did 
He still didn't get saved. Some people give things, throw up things, questions, whatever. And it's not because they really want an answer. They want an excuse. And if you come with real questions and reality and you want, God's got answers. But we've got to come humbly. We've got to come wanting and opening our hearts because God is real. He wants to live in your heart. He wants to be the king of your heart. And that's where you got to have him. So here he comes and he's doing it. And he says, he comes and God says, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Okay, now, a widow woman. It's hard times. Who'd scarce? He said, he might have thought, you know, maybe this is a wealthy widow woman. Her husband was rich, and so God's going to provide this wealthy uh, widow woman to be able, she's got some money, she's got food and everything, she's going to be able to supply me. And sometimes our expectations are, are greatly out of line. But anyway, he comes, and so he arose, and what does he answer next? So he arose and went. <coughs> now, when God tells you something, you need to do this, you ought to do that. You know what our response ought to be? Yes, Lord, now. And some of those things you say, but boy, it depends on how hard it is. Uh, God came to Abraham and he said to Abram one time, he said, I want you to take your son, your only son, and take him out on the, on the mountain and I want you to bring him as a blood sacrifice. Now, people, that means killing. You know what Abraham did the next morning? He rose up early in the morning, got his horse out, got his servants, took the horse, cut, took fire. He says, and he took off doing it. You know, that's the kind of faith God will really bless. And they got up there, and walking up the mountain, uh, Isaac says, well, okay, we've got fire, we've got wood here. But where's the lamb that we're going to sacrifice? Abraham, by faith, says, God shall provide a lamb. God shall provide his lamb. And went up there, and Isaac was willing. I mean, he's tied up. He's ready to be killed. And God provided a ram to be there. The take. But that's the kind of faith we need. We, we, rise, we rose up and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city... Behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Okay, first of all, it's very obvious this is not a rich widow, okay? He's out gathering sticks. And he comes to her, and he talks to her and says, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Uh, people, it's a drought. No rain, nothing. So he's talking about this. Give me, go get me some, a drink of water. And you know, people come. We need to be a blessing to others. You can help people. Be a help. I tell you, you're, you people have taken us in, been real loving to us. I appreciate that. This is the attitude we should have. Okay, in verse 11, and as she was going to fetch it, direct obedience, direct obedience, and as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And you know, some preachers have the gall, don't they? 
Here she is out there gathering a stick, and we'll see in very dire straits, with her looking to, to prepare a meal and her and her son die. And here comes this preacher along, this prophet, and he says, I, I need some water. He says, Hey, look, it's, we got water shortages. Okay, I'll do it. And while you're doing it, fix me something to eat too. Okay. And then she says in verse 12, And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Boy, and this is the lady supposed to be sustaining him. You know, we don't have to have a lot to be used of God to be a blessing to others. We don't have to have a lot. We've got to have a heart that's willing to be a blessing to others. And if God commands it, whatever it is that we have, it's like I talked this morning about Rosie Wolf when God came and says, give me the only 50 Deutsche Mark, the 25 uh, pound that you have, uh, and God supplies. We do it what God says, and God says. And she says, I don't have anything. I just got a little bit of oil, a little bit of uh, meal, and I'm going to do that. We're ready, getting ready to die. And Elijah said unto her, fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it to me, and after make for thee and thy son. Again, the gall of some preachers, you know. He says, okay, go and do that. You're getting ready to eat this and die. But, but first of all, make it for me. God sets priorities in our lives. Uh, we need to be servants, obey God. We need to be a blessing to others. And if God comes and God's in it, whatever it is, do it, God's, do it the way God leads you to do it. Because God is in control of these things. And verse 14 <clears throat> is a continuation of what he's talking to this widow woman. It's a promise of God. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste. That means don't run out. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Now in her mind and in her situation, she thought that they were so without anything, she was ready, ready to die. That was the end of it. They were ready to die. But God says, come here and through God's man, it says, first of all, make this for me, and God will provide. Now, uh, we, I have been giving, I started giving to Faith Promise well over 50 years ago. I remember when we, I got involved in that, shortly after I came to this strange Baptist church there in Pueblo, Colorado, Park Hill Baptist, and they had a missions conference. And God spoke to my heart back then. I was a university student, and God touched my heart and said, you need to give $5 a week to missions. Just trust God and do it. That's what God spoke to my heart. And so back then I said, yes. I was talking to my mother back then. I have a good believing mother. And she said, oh, that's good. She says, but 
Don't be surprised if down the road somewhere you're wanting to do this and it doesn't work out. Well, I can tell you after 50 years of giving by faith to missions above my tithe and offering, God has never failed us. God has never failed us. Uh, I think when I get to heaven, I'm going to hang my head in shame that I didn't give more. You know, our faith needs to grow. I'll tell you what, we, we limit God way too much in our life, what he can do and what he wants to do. I, we, I, God wants to do great things through us. Expect great things from God and attempt great things from God. And we, we do a little bit and we think, boy, that's really good. I did that. You know, we need to come and expect great things from God. This woman came here and believe me, it took some faith on her part. I know a lot of people, if I came in that situation, said to them and says, uh, forget this. You're just being foolish here. I've got to take care of me and my boy first. He says, come and says, God's going to supply. Give that a barrel of meal shall not waste. God, that, that meal in the barrel is not going to waste. It's not going to run out. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. He said, well, that was back then. That's not now. I'll tell you what, God's still able to do that sort of thing. He still does that sort of thing. Uh, I've, we've seen it in our life in, in so many aspects how God has supplied in ways we never dreamed of. And, and I tell you today, our faith in God is too small. I don't care how big your faith is, it's not big enough. Uh, can our faith be as big as God is? I mean, we have a great God. A faithful God that takes care of you. He says, Christ said, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. I mean, we have a God who loves to do things for us. And we need to have the kind of faith that, that uh, we say, yes, Lord. And when God says, uh, jump, we should say, how high, Lord? <laughs> and not come and start fussing with God and arguing about it. I remember it comes to mind when we were uh, for a short time in public in Denver, Colorado. I was a pastor up there, and we had a missions conference up there. You see, I think it's a big key in the growth of Christians is to be involved in missions. That's the heart of Christ. That's the heart of a church. That is to be the heart of a Christian. And we were teaching on there in Faith Promise. One of our little old ladies, I forget now what her name was. That was so many years ago. She's a sweet lady, and she was, uh, she was well over 65 years of age. She was on retirement. She was on sociable insecurity, I call it. <laughs> sociable security, social security is called over there, their retirement. And she was working, washing dishes at different places to earn extra money to be able to uh, pay her bills. And so we had had our Faith Promise Missions Conference. She sang in the choir, and we were back uh, behind the entrance into the church, and we were standing around the talking before we went in and sang as a choir. And she, was, she started laughing. She says, you know, he says, God spoke to my heart about how much I ought to give to missions, and I trust you're praying this week how much God wants you to give. And if God doesn't tell you anything, don't, you know, but everyone, we ought to be able to trust God for something. And ask God, pray God what he wants you to give. Anyway, she said, I was praying like that. And, and 
It was like an audible voice almost. God gave me a figure. And she's eyes shook. I said, man, man, that can't be that right. That can't be right. He went back and prayed again and really sought God. And God gave her the same figure again. That's what you ought to give. And she said, you know, I said, okay, Lord, if that's you, I'll do it. And she started giving it. And she said, you know, it's amazing the opportunities and ways God works to bring in that money. Uh, I tell you what, we need to have a living, daily walk with the Lord. And living by faith in giving for missions is something that God loves to honor and bless. As I preached this morning, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And this is one area that we can, by faith, trust Him and please Him and see that. And, and so they came and, and God says, the barrel won't waste, the oil will not fail, according to the word of the Lord. In verse 17, and it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And the sick was, was sore to death. And there was no breath left in. So anyway, he, he comes and he dies. And God comes and through Elijah, he gets healed again. And, and you'll find that actually they, the Lord, he lived there. He, he ate that bread. He ate, they had the oil until the river, till the, the rain came. God is able and God took care of them. And I tell you, uh, we need to have faith like a little old lady that said, okay, God's man says, put him first and it'll be okay. He'll take care of it. Uh, uh, we we came at one time in in Germany. We were trying to figure out our our budget, how it all worked together, and we couldn't figure it out. And we decided we don't work on budgets anymore. We are careful with our money. We pray about it. We seek to be a blessing whenever we can to whomever God leads, and and we do do things. And you know, God blesses and God supplies. And I tell you, it's a uh, it's a mat we need to be careful. We need to be careful not to get ourselves in debt for things that we don't need. We need to be careful, but we need to put the priorities of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that we need, what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, God will provide. As we honor him in our life, we God, the word of God says he will withhold no good thing from them that walk uprightly. God, help us to walk uprightly by faith, to honor him, to be a blessing. And I tell you what, there's lots of people here that need to be have a blessing, a testimony, to be a light. There's people around the world waiting for the gospel. And we, you have a part, we can have a part, we can have more part. And just rejoice and be a rejoicing blessing of God to everybody. In 2 Corinthians 9, I'm going to not read a lot of verses here, but 2 Corinthians 9, such promise, such a great promise of God here. 2 Corinthians 9, beginning in verse 6, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully every man according as he purposeth in his heart so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity but for God loveth a cheerful giver 
And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency uh, in all things may abound to every good work. Yes? Uh, well, it goes on here and says uh, in verse 10, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Yes? Uh, so this is talking about something uh, that you're not going to do because I'm here and want you to do it or because a pastor wants it or somebody else. God lays it upon your heart that you can do it joyfully. God loveth a cheerful giver. Hilarious. God help us and God give us a kind of a heart that we are not covetous. We talked about that. That's a problem in our day and age. We're so worldly minded and we want this and we want that. And then we are wondering why we can't really give to God what he desires. God help us to be careful, to be wise, to be yielded, to have a desire, to be used of God, to be a blessing to others, to the church, to God. For, for anything else, to be a blessing to God. You serve God and you will have God's supply. You will have God's supply, God's blessing, and you will have all that you need if you put God first and we just wisely follow our Savior. I tell you, I, I believe it. In my heart, I live it, I walk by it, and I've seen it work in the lives of so many people through the years. And I guarantee you, prove God. Prove God if he doesn't bless you. As you come and give the first fruits and offerings and serve God and follow him, I guarantee you, he will not disappoint you. Let's stand now and we look to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord and God, we thank you today that uh, you are such a great God that you are great to provide your our needs. And Lord, even above that, abundantly, as we come and we love you. And Lord, I'm thankful that you will withhold no good thing from them that walk uprightly. Oh God, help me to walk uprightly. Help us to do that. I thank you for this church and this pastor, their heart for you, for the missions. And God, we can't have a heart for you without having a heart for those that are lost. So many are in darkness and on the way to hell, and nobody's there to, to point the way. And God, we have the commission to be used of you here in this community and around the world to promote the gospel. Lord, the days are short before you come back for us. I believe that with all my heart. And God, help us to be found faithful. Help this great church to be found faithful, serving you and honoring you. And Lord, you know the needs of many, many. Uh, some are sick. Some had to work today. Some are having problems. I pray, God, and claim your bountiful blessings upon them. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. <music>